All right. Welcome to Who Picked This Movie? Today, I'm joined by my guest host, April Palmer. Let's say hello, April. Hello, April. Uh, today, we're going to be doing the movie She-Devil, starring Roseanne Barr, Meryl Streep, uh, Ed Begley Jr., and uh, one of my favorites, uh, Linda Hunt. So why did you pick this movie, April? I love this movie. I love everything about this movie. This movie, for me, is one of the movies that I can watch over and over and over again and never get tired of it. This movie also was set in the 80s, so another part of this movie that I really enjoy and love are the visual parts of this movie, so 80s dresses and and outfits, and I also really love the aspect of karma coming back around to you, that what you put out is what you get back, and so I really enjoy those, those pieces of the movie, and that's why I picked this movie because there's a lot in it and there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Yeah, the the tagline for this movie was uh, the story of the greatest evil known uh, is the ex-wife. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, Meryl Streep actually uh, was going to be the main character, but it was too close to a character that she already played before. And so she decided to go for... Um, uh, the other part of uh, the mistress. What was the movie she was going to be? I, I would have to look back at that. Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't right know that. But That's I just remember reading that it was something uh, before death becomes her, but it was it's not a movie that I've seen before. I just The name's escaping me right now. So She-Devil didn't quite do well in the box office. They had a budget of about $20 million and only grossed about between 12 and $15 million. So the director, Susan Seidelman, also directed Desperately Seeking Susan. She did this movie, and I guess I guess because she didn't make, like the movie didn't make the money back, she ended up like not making really anything after that except for some like TV episodes. I would argue that the movie is, has a cult following uh, now. And oh, yeah, definitely. I would, it's one of those movies that are highly, highly underrated. And I, as the, as the time has passed, it has continued to grow a fan base. The topics of the movie are relatable, right? So the, the, (laughs) the karma piece, the cheating piece, the lies piece, all of those are relatable. And at some point, all of us have experienced one or all of those pieces. And that's what makes the movie so, um, so delicious yeah it's definitely a woman scorned uh type of <laughs> revenge movie um you know kick kick them when they're down um but I, but i really think it's funny is um you know i, I talked about uh, the director not doing anything after this in this movie which is very ironic meryl streep's um publicist uh she tells her you're only as good as your last book mm-hmm. and i think it's very like fitting i mean i've heard that with you know Hollywood, like if you're an actor and you do a movie and it doesn't do well, you know, you you might be done. I would assume that goes the same for directors too. So we'll get into the meat of the movie now. So we start off in a department store uh, and it's it's your like typical mall scene uh, from the 80s. You've got like a ton of women at the makeup counter and uh, Roseanne Barr uh, ends up doing the narration. She plays the character Ruth in the movie. She's getting made up to go out to a fancy affair with her husband, is what she says. Just to give an idea of what uh, her character looks like, she's played by Roseanne Barr. So she, you know, is kind of frumpy in the movie. She's wearing like just moo-moos. L- yeah, loose dress. Uh, and she has like a really big mole, like a hairy mole on her face. 
And so she just wants to look good for her husband for this event that they're having. So while she's getting her hair done, she's watching the lifestyles of the rich and famous. uh, And they're doing a segment on Mary Fisher, which is the character played by Meryl Streep. Robin Leach, the the host of uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, he's talking about her and her her success and her riches and yeah, she's everything's pink in the in that entire segment. We cut from that scene to Bob Pratchett, which is her husband, Rue's husband. Bob is checking out his secretary. Mm-hmm. He's like looking her up and down. She's leaning over, flirting. Which means you've done this before. And, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely on the prowl. Sleaze. So he's like giving her every excuse as to why she doesn't have to come to the party mm-hmm. because he's he's wanting to go out and look around. I mean, that's the big part of his character throughout the whole movie. He's, I think the big part of his character is he's just a big old liar. Right now, uh, we've been introduced to Meryl Streep. Everybody knows who Meryl Streep is. Everybody knows who Roseanne Barr is. Well, Roseanne had a very successful TV show, and Meryl Streep's been in a ton of movies. Mm -hmm. The other character that we are introduced to right now is Bob, which is played by Ed Begley Jr. Who Um, is a severely underrated actor. Yeah, he's been in so much stuff. The first movie I think I saw with him in it was uh, another kind of cult movie uh, called Transylvania 65000, which is hilarious (laughs) if you haven't seen it. But more recently, he's played Dr. Linkletter on Young Sheldon. So a lot of people might have seen him on that and didn't know who he was beforehand. But but he's been in like a hundred or more oh, movies. He's so great. Such a good actor. So we cut to the party in the museum. And the and the one thing that I notice is, is Ruth is the one that stands out in this because she's the only one wearing like a floral dress. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. She definitely that's, stands out. That's very true. And and she's she's still kind of frumpy. I mean, compared to everybody else at the party. She stands out like a sore thumb. So she's walking and she trips and spills a drink on Mary Fisher. That's one of my favorite scenes because while she's trying to wipe off the the wine on her on her dress, Mary, Mary is like swatting at her like she's a like, vermin. She's like, get off of me, peasant. She's like, <laughs> Uh, and I think that's that is indicative of who she is in the relationship that they're going to have. Bob tells her he's like, "Go get some salt and Perrier. some Perrier, and we'll get this cleaned up." And when she leaves, you know, you've got you've got this cut scene of like Mary and <laughs> and Bob, and it's like very very close up on their eyes as they're staring into each other's eyes, and they kind of I guess they're kind of instantly falling in love. Um, and then he Bob's said, fallen into lust. And during this time, Mary is acting. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest. She's acting like an idiot to uh, attract him, to make him attracted right, to right. her. You see Ruth looking around the party. She's trying to find the two of them. They've walked off. Uh, you know, they're done. <laughs> they're done with Ruth. Um, and in a lot of ways. Yeah. And he's like, you end up cutting to the next scene and. And you think that he's giving her a ride home, but he's got Ruth in the back seat. Like Mary's sitting up in the front and they're talking and having a conversation. And, and Ruth is just in the back seat, giving the, the stank eye. The best part about that whole scene is it's this little tiny car. I had a, I had a little car like that. We used to call it the Tic Tac car. And it's yeah, it's, tiny. A two, it's a two door. <laughs> well, it's a little, it's a little like what? It's like a Chevelle. Like, I don't. I don't know cars, but it's a tiny, tiny car. So tiny that when she gets out of the car, she pushes like her the size into, of the, a gremlin. <laughs> into the dashboard. Yeah, um, Ruth has to climb over the seat to get out of the back seat. 
and is pushing Mary into the into the dashboard by trying to get out. Which is the interesting dynamic, and again, this thread in this movie because Mary Fisher has a house by the sea, right? She's she's a yeah, she lives in the Hamptons. Yes, and and he's driving her home, and which this is little, seventy miles away. <laughs> this, this little hamster of a car. He's you know. letting his wife out at home to take another woman home, and she has to, he <laughs> he says, "Oh, Ruth can walk a block, right?" And he's like, "Oh, seventy-five miles is nothing." <laughs> Right. So they go to the Hamptons where she lives. She's got this huge house and it's uh, on the waterfront. There's a cliff out front. You know, it's very picturesque. And they're greeted at the door by Garcia, who is her butler Butler. slash lover. (laughs) Um, And Garcia is holding like a a poodle. And and he's got this like come hither face when she comes (laughs) through the door. But he doesn't realize that she's brought somebody home. And so she and uh, Bob, they walk off and Garcia just throws the poodle into the floor. (laughs) It's Um, one of my favorite scenes because you hear the poodle hit the floor. Mary's showing Bob around the mansion. Uh, They end up, I don't, I don't think it's her bedroom, but they're in, they're in like a sitting room or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're drinking these cognac big. Well, it's Carvassier. Oh yeah. Which which is cognac. Oh Uh, yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so they're drinking Carvassier. And she is acting spacey and vapid. Yeah, she sits on the floor and then puts her hand into his lap. And <laughs> and then both of them throw the glasses onto the ground. And I'm like, somebody's getting cut. <laughs> so at this time, Ruth, she's narrating again. Mm-hmm. Um, her character is narrating. And she says, Mary Fisher, I hope your pink palace crumbles into the sea. <laughs> Um, you know, Ruth is taking care of the home and she says she'll be waiting for Bob. She says, you think you know my husband, but I know my husband oh, and he'll be back. That kills me. You want to know why that kills me? Because she doesn't blame Bob. And she makes a statement right. in that movie where she says, I, in the meantime, I will keep our home. I will try to look good for my husband. Right. Yeah. And while the, while she's, you know, while she's narrating all this, Bob's at dinner with Mary and Mary gives him a pinky ring with his initials. And he, you know, he's telling her that he loves her. Mm-hmm. Ruth, uh, they're shopping for dinner, uh, because Bob's parents are coming over that night, but Bob's with Mary right now. Um, he, they're fooling around. He ends up coming, uh, home late. Mary doesn't want him to go. She's begging him to stay. She said, I'm tired of sharing you with her. And then you see the shift where she's, that's when she says, I'm, I'm not sharing you anymore. And yeah. so that's where you begin to see the, oh, she's not this romantic, you know, lady. She, she's, she's the mistress. Yes. Yeah. So that's in his mindset when he comes home. Right. Um, Ruth is at home and she's angrily chopping zucchini. Um, she's got heart, heart-shaped biscuits. You know, she's trying to still do mm-hmm. uh, the job of the housewife. Um, but again, like I said, Bob shows up late uh, and, and Ruth is fuming at and this point. And he criticizes her from the beginning. Yeah, yeah he as says, soon as he walks in the door. My parents are here and, and like, this better not dinner be late. is not done. And he said, you better not embarrass me in front of my parents. Yeah, and so he goes upstairs to take a shower. Um, he's got lipstick on his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think she notices it. And there's a couple instances in the movie where he has lipstick on his neck and, yeah. and none of the women notice it. Uh, which Did you is know weird. when he enters the door, when he enters the room, his daughter says, are you staying home tonight? Right. And right. he says, of course, princess. Why wouldn't I stay home? And again, as I rewatch this movie, it's I, the heavy, the underlying heavy of that of your kids. No, your, your kids. I think his kids absolutely knew he was doing yeah. something he yeah. shouldn't. 
So uh, we cut to his parents getting there, uh, Roos in the kitchen. Uh, they're all um, in the living room, uh, and she comes out with some clam puffs, um, and they're all burnt, and she trips and fall, uh, but falls. But in between that is when he talks about, because they're talking about relationships. His mom and dad are talking about relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, I think... Ruth and I have a very healthy marriage, something along those lines. And, and the, you know, once you do that, the relationship, relationship takes care of itself. He's sitting at the table and he's, you know, just spinning a yarn with them and Ruth's in the kitchen doing all the work. She comes out and the son's gerbil has been cooked into the, <laughs> the mushroom or whatever soup it was. Previously in the night, that's alluded to because he's like, I can't find her. Yes. Yeah. Like she, he starts freaking out and he's throwing stuff down. But she Bobby's. trips and falls right right she trips and falls and that's what what happens like the the chowder or whatever it is goes all over his mom you know you you know now that there's a gerbil in the soup (laughs) and she's like i'll get a strainer and he loses it like he's like you're an embarrassment to my family you know i can't believe you did this with my mom and dad being here and he's lecturing her about what's going on but rather than trying to help her up when she falls and trips yeah. He, he it, like, criticizes her. And so we go upstairs, and Bob is, like, at this point, Ruth has told his parents that he has a mistress. Mm-hmm. And she names Mary Fisher. They they go upstairs, and he's packing his bags. He's going to leave. He's going to Mary's. Which is which is arguably his intention the whole time. Right, right. He's been looking for a way to leave. Right, and yeah. so this was an easy out. Uh, you know, that's an interesting, again, as I think about this movie as a heavy that, you know, people who cheat it, make it about the other person and not about them. And it's easy whenever something happens and they create that dynamic and it's about Ruth. It's not about him cheating because he takes no ownership of that. Right. It's, 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 oh, it's your fault. I'm leaving. And, and while he's packing and doing all this, he's given her um, a list of his assets, assets and liabilities. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into those in a minute. But um he calls her a she-devil, which I think is funny when you ever use the title of a movie and he says, in the movie. And he says, you're a she-devil. He doesn't do <laughs> So he leaves and he goes to Mary's. And so she takes his assets to heart. <laughs> and the four assets that he lists out are home, family, career, and freedom. She sets forth from that point on to eliminate all of those assets for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she does. Because um, she's the liability. Yeah, so the first one was home. She's running around the house, and she's turning on every appliance in the house. She's turned on the ha- uh, hairdryer and is putting it under a pillow. She's putting, Arson? Arson? That's yeah, she's putting paint cans in the microwave, like anything that she can turn on that's going to blow up or catch fire. She smokes she, and puts them in yeah, the Yeah, she smokes can. and does all this. <laughs> so the house blows up. Uh, she walks away smiling. The kids, they come home, and they're like, what happened? And she's like, everything's gone. Mm-hmm. And so they get into a taxi and she is taking the kids to Bob. So they get to the mansion. She brings the kids in. The butler comes to the door. Bob and Mary are in the pool with bubbles, bubbles and, and everything. And they're both naked. And- <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're fooling around in the side of the pool. But and, my favorite part of that is when the butler opens the door yeah, and you yeah. see his like, oh, 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 here we go. Um, so he, he uh, Ruth tells uh, Bob, she's like, this is this is the kids are staying with you. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, no, take them home. And she's like, there is no home. 
Like, call the insurance agent. Yeah, there call is the no insurance home. agent. There the is interesting no thing about that entire scene is um, is that the expectation was that he was going to live his life. Right. Yeah, and she's like, I'm not coming back. Yep. They're, and he says, where are you going? And I don't know, like, Bob. <laughs> Into my future, I guess. Now we've marked through family because mm-hmm. she's taking the kids to the family. Um, so the next thing on the list is career. And so Ruth changes her name. Uh, I don't know if she does it legally. I don't think she does. Mm-mm. She just comes up with an alias, um, Vesta Rose. She gets a job at the nursing home where Mary's mom is at. And they hate old people who wet the bed. She says incontinence. Yes. <laughs> um, and they're drugging all the old people. Sedating them, yes. Yeah, there's, they just have a giant... I, I guess they're giving everybody the same yep, thing. Because she says that um, the people that are putting... So essentially, Thumper is her name. Yeah. She says that all of the people that that are putting... Um, their loved ones in these homes would rather be sedated than than know that their their children, their husbands, yeah. whatever, their partners are don't want them anymore. Yeah, and it's at this point um, where we're introduced to Nurse Hooper, and Nurse Hooper is played by uh, Linda Hunt, and I knew her voice before. Like I have, I don't think I saw this movie. Um, until uh, we got together. Mm-hmm. But I knew her voice before that. And when I looked it up, I found out that she's the she does the narration for the God of War video games. And oh. so she's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, most recently, I think she, she was a judge on one of these crime drama shows. And then she was on like NCIS um, Los Angeles or something like that. She's been in some like major shows oh. uh, lately. And she's won like some big awards too. But I love her voice. Like, she does a lot of voice acting, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I've yeah. just seen her in She-Devil. I yeah. like her in She-Devil. I don't know. She's only, like, four foot nine. She's tiny. So she's not much. Yeah, she's not much shorter than you. <laughs> um, so uh, after we meet Nurse Hooper, Ruth sneaks and dumps out all the drugs, keeping the people sedated, and replaces them with uh, Maxalife Twin Lab. Uh, which is like a vitamin regimen. And we see all the old people out the next morning playing soccer. It's one of my favorite scenes because of the, um, because of the song that starts is the... Um, it's uh, I Will Survive. Yes, yeah. and it, but it's, it's... It's like the techno, yes, or not techno, and, but I don't even know what yes, genre Yes, it's like the is. poppy version, and you, all you see is all of the older people playing soccer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the 80s like scent yes, version yes. of I Will Survive. <laughs> Um, Hooper finds out and says um, she was going to report her and Ruth she's basically like we need to stick together like people like us should stick together mm-hmm. did she say women or people I don't remember she says people yeah she says oh I no always, she says women she I does. always thought that women like us should stick together yeah. we cut back to the mansion and Bob's kids are driving Mary crazy Bob calls home from traffic you know he's in traffic and he's checking out the woman in the car next to her <laughs> Um, Mary has gum on her um, suit. And this is probably one of my favorite scenes because you see her cracking. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the beginning of You can her tell, like, Bob's children crack. and his life is starting to invade what mm-hmm. she's created mm-hmm. for herself. And so she goes and yells at Nicolette, and then she says, <clears throat> go upstairs and clean your room, right? In this right. facade of a stepmom. After she sends Nicolette up, the the son is playing with the dogs because the dog is there too yeah so they have their dog uh, and then mary's poodle uh that the butler threw on the ground um (laughs) and she's like 
get that mud away from my dog. And he, so he throws the stick that they were playing with over the edge of the cliff, the cliff and the poodle jumps off and dies. <laughs> Which is terrible to laugh at. We yes, shouldn't laugh at dogs awful. dying. No, no. But her reaction is what... <laughs> Is because it's Juliet and she, the dog, you know, Fluffy stops and the poodle keeps going. And now we're back at the um, nursing home. Uh, Mary's mom is lucid now. She's Mm -hmm. like not sedated anymore. Uh, Ruth's talking to her and the mom asks Ruth for a beer and she's talking in this like, like Jersey. Yeah. You know, I hate this slap. Yeah. Like Hoboken. (laughs) Like she's. She's from like upstate New York, like, like she's a hard woman. Uh, and so she think you could get me a beer. She calls her daughter a slut. She's <laughs> awful. Uh, and Ruth, Ruth makes the suggestion that she should go see her daughter. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Mary's mother shows up while she's away. From the nursing home, Ruth takes a full bedpan and dumps it into Mary's mom's bed mm. so that she gets kicked out because, because they hate bedwetters. <laughs> Hooper shows Ruth the money she's been squirreling away. She's got 55000 uh, I don't know how much that would be now, but I imagine in you know, 1989, 55 grand was... I think 55 grand is a lot of money now, but I mean, it's probably a, with inflation, quite a you know, bit. it's probably four mm-hmm. times as much mm-hmm. at least, you know, she's been saving the whole time she's been working. She doesn't have any expenses or anything. And at this point you hear the owner of the nursing home scream. Ruth is telling her that she knew about it, uh, but didn't, didn't want to tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she fires Ruth now, slash Vesta. Where is Miss Fisher? Yeah, and so she calls uh, Mary and tells Mary that her mom can't come back. At the same time this is going on, People Magazine shows up <laughs> at Mary's house, and they're doing an article on her. The butler drops off, and this is he is just like, <laughs> he is working He's her. He's an unsung hero yeah, in this he movie. Is, he is working Mary hard, like <laughs> trying to mess her up. He come. He rolls up on the golf cart, you know, half dressed, with a silver tray of tea time as usual. Whiz, cheese whiz, <laughs> yeah, tea time. It's cheese whiz and yoo-hoo. <laughs> but it's tea time as usual. The butler like yells out the window. He's like, "Hey, yo!" <laughs> phone call. Phone call. Uh, and he gets uh, Mary on the phone, and she explains to her that. Uh, her mom can't come back because she's peed in the bed. Long-term leakage. Is yeah, the long-term term leakage. Used. Mary's mother is outside while she's on the phone, uh, and she's telling People Magazine about her daughter was a whore <laughs> and that she has a kid that she had to give away. She's telling them, like, basically, like, she, was, she would do it anywhere and with anyone. Um, so she's ruined the People Magazine article at this point. Um, and Ruth marks off family from the list. But Mary comes back and then the lady says, so tell us about your son. Tell us about your son. (laughs) So Um, her mom and all of this again is during the movie is unraveling who she is pretending to be. Right, right. She's created this whole life. Mm -hmm. So Ruth gets on a bus at this point, um, because she's been fired and Hooper comes running up and joins her. She's has quit her job. 
Uh, she's got all of her money, and she's like, you know, what are we going to do? And uh, Ruth, Ruth says, what are you going to do? And Hooper says, well, I figure you would have an idea. And she's like, oh, I do. So they started an employment agency for women down on their luck. The interesting thing about that is that Hooper and Vesta, Ruth, well, Vesta now. Vesta, yeah. they were the women that they are um, helping. Helping, yeah. and even she says Ruth even says that she's she's building her army. Yeah, and Bob has already started messing around with another woman mm-hmm. at, by this point. Like he's not he's he's looking for all he's always on the prowl, not being faithful. Yeah, so. They've started this agency, and Ruth puts a flyer under Bob's door, and he's got like this, like really scantily clad woman on the front of it, uh, and it's for a temp agency, uh, which is named after her, Vesta Rose. He ends up calling them, and they send her a secretary, Olivia Honey. Olivia Honey, and she's like, you know, really thin and really pretty, and like she's like right up his alley. This is like the third secretary he's had, and he's probably had to run them off because he's been, you know, sexually harassing them. <laughs> Um, Olivia's goal is to work for a powerful man with a lot of money and then marry him. Also during this time, you see Ruth, she fixes the mole on her face. So she's starting to like come Build in. her self-confidence. Yeah, she's coming into her own. She's fixed her hair. She's wearing like really nice clothes. She and Hooper are making commercials, you know, and Which growing means the they're business. they're making their own money. Yeah, they're making their own money. They've got a room full of women who are like, who are looking for jobs and they're placing these women like some pretty like substantial roles uh as clerk of courts uh, stenographers receptionists for big law firms you know all these different things we cut to mary and she's meeting with her publicist at a restaurant and uh the publicist they're talking about her new book and it's called love in the rent cycle Oh, but my favorite scene is when she walks up again i have many favorite scenes yeah. but when she walks up and uh her publicist says what's 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 in your hair? And yeah. she pulls the gummy. And she says, "Oh, a gummy bear!" And yeah. then she eats it. <laughs> <laughs> so this incredibly classy woman who she's wearing gloves. So yeah. and then she pulls a gummy bear out of her hair and eats, and eats it. it. Yeah. And the publicist and they're in a fancy restaurant right, too. Like. Doesn't know what to say or how to react. That's hilarious. And so the publicist hates the book. She's like, it. It's lowbrow what's with this main character named Bob? I don't understand what this means. And and Mary's like, don't lecture me about my readers. And then she says, are you going to publish it or not? And she says, not as is. And she says, fine, fine, fine. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to exercise her option to take it to another publisher. And unraveling. uh, And so this person who is, you know, who has created this life of love is eating gummy bears out of her hair and just completely losing her cookies at her publicist. And, and yeah, she she leaves and she says she leans into the publicist and she, and she says, "And by the way, I think Bob, Bob is, a is a beautiful name." name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, um, the People magazine article came out and there's a picture of Mary and and Bob and the kids. Um, and you can tell that that Ruth is missing her kids. I mean, she's looking at the picture and she's like, you know, rubbing her hand across it. She misses being around them. But we go back to Mary. Like, like Ruth is doing really well now. Mary's house is a tornado. <laughs> she's walking up and down the stairs. There's like clothes everywhere. 
Bob's running around or running late because he's messing with the secretary yeah. again. And she's got half a face of facial, you know, a facial. And yeah, she's drinking and popping. Yeah. She feels neglected and mm-hmm. she sees Garcia, the butler, working out downstairs and like tries to seduce him. And he just slams the door in her face. She takes a bunch of sleeping pills. Bob shows up, you know, the next, I guess it's later in the morning. night, morning, sometime. With lipstick or he's, hickey. It's not, it's yeah, not. Yeah, he's got lip, well, it's lipstick. It's on his neck because he ends hickey. up wiping it off. I thought it was a hickey on his neck. Yeah, he's got lipstick. But no, again, nobody sees it. That You know, <laughs> he's got all this lipstick or on him. Or they ignore it. Or they ignore it, yeah. They end up fighting and then he storms off and... Uh, there's a really good line that that my favorite line in the whole Roseanne movie, says, yeah. and she says that men who burn so hot for a mistress cool off quickly when the mistress starts acting like a wife. Right. And that's the, if I could the meat of the movie, that would be the phrase. Right. We're in the park now. Uh, Olivia is telling Ruth about. Um, she calls him Bobby. Yeah, yeah. About Bobby. Bobby. Uh, talking about their love life. Uh, Ruth tells Olivia to tell Bob that she loves him. And Olivia's like, you know, I don't, I don't think I should do that. Like, men don't really want to hear that. Listen to me, Olivia. Yeah, yeah. What can possibly telling a man that you love him? So that night, <laughs> they're messing around, and he ends up carrying her over to the copying machine. And it's, he's taking pictures, like the copying machine is taking pictures of her sitting on it, and it's her butt Ugh. and his hands underneath. With the um, ring that and that comes Mary back to him. bite him, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she tells him that she loves him, and he fires her. <laughs> uh, Not she's, okay. Yeah, no. She tells Ruth she's like after There's this just point no she's like yeah, world. yeah, yeah. She's like um, she starts telling him about all the like stuff that Bob's doing. He's been skimming money and sending it to a bank in Switzerland. Because Olivia says there just is no justice in the world, yeah. and Ruth says. I find that justice serves those who serve themselves, which right. is the, in- which again, if you want to talk about the thread of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, she's serving justice for herself. Mm-hmm. They break into the office, uh, into Bob's office and Ruth finds the pics from the copy machine. And looks shocked when she finds them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I guess she probably thought like, how is he this stupid? <laughs> um, she gets Olivia to transfer like large amounts of money. Like, you know, it was just the interest, which was probably like a hundred bucks at the most. And she's transferring like hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point. At the same time, uh, you know, Mary's getting a lot of bad news about her book. Uh, Yeah, it's a flop. And throughout this time, it's important to note that Bob is beginning to treat Mary the way he treated Ruth. He's criticizing her book. He is, um, you know... He's like, stick to what you know. Yeah, but he is beginning to to do, again, almost the exact same thing to Mary that he is doing, that he did to Ruth. The difference, though, between Mary and Ruth is that Ruth didn't have anything to stand on. Mary is his bread and butter. Yeah. And so Ruth has sent the pictures in the mail to Mary and they're in the car right now. And uh, she opens up the pictures and sees the pinky ring that she gave him and she smacks Bob. Well, and she says, you bastard. Yeah. The interesting thing about that is that before that, because I think he because he ended it with Olivia. Yeah, he's he went back to like, OK, I need to be this this person to marry again right. because she, cause he's like, you know what we should do? We should get away. Yeah. Uta quits. Yeah. Uta quits, which is the maid. 
she walks in and Garcia is like, I, no, this dude's like about to commit a full on felony. Yep. He's like dirty nope, dancing nope, nope. with Ooh. with Bob's daughter, who's Not probably okay. 15, 16. maybe 16 at the time. Like she's underage. Not OK. But there's music going and the son is drinking. The son is drinking like 12. champagne. Yeah. Uh, and, Grandma's there. Yeah. And so um, she smacks the kid. <laughs> Uh, she goes a little bit nuts. Uh, she's decided that she's going to lay down the law. I'm taking back my life, Bob. So at this point, Ruth has sent the letter and she's called the IRS. They're having a party at Mary's house. Bob's making a toast and fake crying and talking about how Mary's... Because he's trying to get yeah. back into her good graces because she found out he was cheating. And while he's doing this speech, the feds come in and arrest him. The woman who plays the mother, you can hear her in the background cackling. Yeah. And she's like, bye bye, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just in the backseat of and the. And then she's like, the Mary's like, be brave. Yeah. So Bob's in the backseat of the car now and he's just crying. He's like looking at both the, the officers and crying. So they, he gets a lawyer and, and Mary's still with him at this point. But while they're talking to the lawyer, the lawyer, you know, says something about Bob taking money creating, from her, too. Yeah. yeah, just creating whatever narrative he can create to... Yeah, and so at this point, lie. Mary has... She's done. She, But she, my bet... Again, another one of my favorite parts is when he... The lawyers uh, talks about their defense, which is the computer yeah. magically moved money over. And, then and this he, isn't in the early days of computers anyway, yeah. so, like, you probably could have done that. Yeah. So, you know. But he was like that did something happened with the technical glitch and the way we'll prove this is that the largest amount came from Mary's, Mary's own account. account. <laughs> if you watch carefully, her face completely shifts and she you you see her go, uh, what? <laughs> and she was like, oh, do yeah. you think I was born yesterday? Yeah, yeah. She ends up leaving him at this point. Says, like, they're done. Well, and then says um, to steal from the very hen that feeds you. And again, another beautiful Mary Fisher moment is when she's like, now I get to see the real you, you sleazy son of a bitch. Yeah. And then walks through and says, oh, you're fired. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Ruth makes a call to one of the, she's got like, she's got moles now. She's mm-hmm. got women everywhere from Army. this. So I've seen the actress before that she put into the clerk of court position. Um, she was um, one of the characters in Orange is New Black. But she took and changed the judges around and moved one that wouldn't be lenient. Because that was the Bob. lawyer's yeah, that was ace his, in the hole. That was his ace in the hole. It was his dad's friend mm-hmm. who they played and golf he was with. And, lenient with you know, white collar like, crime. Yeah, they're like, can we get him? Can we buy him gifts? Can we do all can this we, stuff? Can we go to take him out to dinner? Yeah. And so um, you see this judge walk in, and it's a, a woman now. She orders him to pay 250000 in fines and 18 months in prison. At this point, Ruth has went through the whole list. And she's in the courtroom, though. Now, he hasn't seen her since she, like, dropped the kids off. Mm-hmm. So Ruth has destroyed his life uh, and pretty much ruined Mary's at this point. Mary ends up selling her house. Bob is now a dishwasher and a cook in prison. But the best part about Mary in, in this is that... You know, Mary Fisher no longer wants her house by the sea. And so it cuts to Sally Jesse Raphael, if anybody remembers her. Then you see a very different version of Mary. Yeah, she's wearing all black. And she's in a suit. And she, you know, so it's interesting because she's, again, playing another she's character. She's playing a new role, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now her 
book is like love lies and betrayal. And so she's playing the part of this very, cause you know, Sally Jesse says this book has gotten rave reviews. And she said, yes, by all the serious critics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie wraps up really quick at this point, you know, Bob's in prison. He seems to be a better person in prison well, because he got his life handed yeah, to him. Yeah. And like, rightly so. That's he's, what happens he's worried when you live about, a life of lies. He's worried about burning the lasagna. <laughs> and he's like bringing his kids burnt cookies, you know, at visitation. Mary, you know, Mary's still the same person. She's just playing a new playing role. Playing a character, point. yep. Playing yeah, a new role. And, and she uh, ends up finding a new man at a book signing. At this point, this is the second time that Ruth sees Mary mm-hmm. uh, throughout the whole movie. And she comes up and gets Mary to sign her a copy of the book. And then you see Ruth's eyes turn red. Uh, <laughs> and Mary to, doesn't to further, even recognize her. Yeah, That's she, what's crazy. Well, she just hammers across the she-devil thing, which yeah. I, I thought was kind of cheesy. But And then we end with Ruth walking down the street and Elvis playing devil in disguise. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I notice is that all the women who start walking behind her were the Vesta Rose job placement women. They all had the rose on their shirts. That, I had never noticed yeah. that before until you brought that out. And so I looked at a lot of reviews about this movie and it seemed like either people loved it or they hated it. Mm. And I think the people who hated it didn't hate the movie itself. They hated Roseanne Barr. <laughs> Because uh, I guess of all the, like, she's in controversy all the time. So I think a lot of the critics who were on there, like, you didn't see a lot of, um, like, I looked at Rotten Tomatoes and the critics, you know, you had a lot of hack critics who nobody knows and they're like, oh, this is Roseanne Barr. It's a great movie. Yeah, but, but it had like, it was, it was, it was like a 48 score or something like that. So either you loved it or you hated it. I love it. Yeah. I, I think it's a great movie. Yeah. So we, we do a, a rating for the movie. Uh, so one out of 10, how many roses would you give this movie? <laughs> and we're going to use roses because of Vesta Rose. Um, I would give this movie a solid nine. It has solid all nine. of the all of the concepts and the entities and, and the pieces of a, of a solid, good. And it holds up today. Yes. Like, like the themes of it. 1986 is when yeah. it was made. Like, like it wasn't dated with it being that old. I, they try to shove in a lot of technology. And because of that, uh, the technology doesn't hold up to what's oh, going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't do that with this movie, you know. But the best movies are, are the movies. It's a movie about revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best movies. The movies that have um, the the solid those solid concepts. And, and you've got it's got to be a good movie if you say the name of the movie in the movie. She-devil. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be it for us today. Uh, thank you for joining us on Who Picked This Movie. We hope to see you again next week. Have a good one. You can say bye now, April. Oh, bye now, April. <laughs> <laughs>